Hello, and welcome to this lovely episode of Gaming with Soul. We have stopped numbering them because, you know, reasons. Um, that way, we can, like, if we decide one needs to be sent out before another, we can switch it up and whatnot. Makes um, sense. Yep. I want to, uh, I'll get to the rest of the intro, but I do want to uh, start with an apology. I am sniffly as crud. Uh, <laughs> I am full of snot and fun. Uh, but anyway, this is Gaming with Soul, Seeking Soul Through the Lens of Gaming and Pop Culture. My name is Jamie. Hi, I'm Corin. I think I got it right. You did. Well done. Yeah. Hey, I would yeah. I'm holding crystals, so I can't. Fair enough. <laughs> um, before we go further into this particular topic, I want to pop up, ironically, a trigger warning. Um, if you are dealing with or working through or have yet to work through any repressed or unexplored and unhealed trauma, this may not be the best episode for you. Um, we are going to be talking about some oddly triggery topics. Yes, specifically things that trigger us in pop culture and whatnot. Yes, I think... I got this very strong feeling that we needed to really explore triggers. We've, yep. we've discussed a few topics that have triggered. We know um, Shadow Warrior triggered someone. We know Shadow Sovereign is triggering people. There were elements in thought. There's these, these shadowy aspects were triggering. And yep. so it's like, well, okay, so what the hell is a trigger? We hear this word thrown around so much and there's not always a lot of clarity around what specifically triggers are. I mean, what, what, what do you know triggers to be? Uh, triggers are things that, like, give you bad feels in a lot of ways. Uh, it's big in the gaming culture. People will be like, you know, you'll say something that they don't like and they'll be like, triggered. It's usually <laughs> like a visceral, which is such a bullshit things half the time it's not actually triggered i mean sometimes it's legitimate sometimes it's just people being dicks yeah um, it, it's become a bit overused yeah. in a lot of ways which is why yeah. i felt this this clarity needs to be made because yeah. it, it is a bit of a buzzword about anything that sets you off and although that's kind of where triggers are it, it isn't really yeah it's um, a visceral visceral gut reaction was where I was going to go next. Yeah, and can be, but this is the thing. Triggers actually can happen on virtually every aspect of the scale. And, I mean, ultimately, look, the definition of a trigger is a strong emotional response to something. Now, that something can be anything from um, a physical experience that you're going through it can be a conversation that you're having with somebody. Um, it can be, uh, let's face it, through your pop culture, through our movies, our books, uh, our games, things, elements that we see and experience and witness, they can set us off. And yep. they can set us off in very, very different ways. And a lot of people aren't always um, aware that it also can go to the positive too. Triggers can be anything from a just... It, repulses you to the point where you just turn away from it and just, no, nah, it's just a, no, nah, don't want to, no, nah, that's just a nut nah for me, no. Nah. Yep. To full-blown PTSD. 
Yeah. Triggering in its extremest form is post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. That is the purest, rawest and most vicious form of it, where literally a person who has been through such extreme trauma, anything that puts some semblance or some resemblance of their trauma into their lives triggers them to completely relive that trauma. Yeah. To almost go, there are some that will completely go into flashback and literally be reliving the trauma. Others will just literally shut down, curl up into a fetal position and, and shake to high heaven. Others, yeah, it, they, they will all, again, people respond differently to, to trauma and tragedy. But PTSD is triggering in its extremist form. And there is always, with a trigger, rather than just to simply, I don't like that or that's not, you know, that doesn't resonate with whatever, when it actually triggers, you will have an emotional reaction to it. Now, what can trigger us can vary from day to day because it will depend yeah. on our food, it will depend on what we've been experiencing and it will depend on, on what we are going through. Um, as, a, as a spiritual, I can say it depends on the energies. For me, it depends on the energies at the moment, what the astrology is doing because I will be more raw and more susceptible to certain things at this time compared to at this time. So for me, it's being aware of, all those energetic aspects because they will influence me as well. Sometimes things will just bounce off me. Other times they will destroy me. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but that's still, it can still happen. You can still have those responses. Um, yeah. But the big thing that we all need to be aware of is just how much we expose ourselves to our triggers through our media, um, through our games. Okay, we, you and I, we had that discussion. We hit that earlier on in one of our other um, episodes about um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, Leave. as soon as I get to, like, because as soon as I get to England, I have a hard time keep going. Yeah. And, and to me, I can see in that aspect in you where obviously you have been forced to leave Homeland for the yeah. strange new lands before and it, it doesn't sit right with your soul. And so it yeah. brings up this natural resistance to the, oh, I find something else to do instead, or, oh, no, no, I don't feel like doing that anymore. Yeah. And it's, it, it does feel kind of like you're shutting something off or shutting something down. And yeah. this is another thing about triggers is sometimes triggering can come up and it's just making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's the big thing with... Um, Assassin's Creed is is it, I just start feeling uncomfortable because I'm like okay, uh, that and open world games in general kind of trigger me where I'm just like I don't know what to do now so I'm gonna play a different game. <laughs> uh, That's fair too. That's that can sometimes be that whole whole overwhelm. Yeah. Too much, too much, too much exposure, which is why a lot of games will only give you that trickle where you only get so much at a time. Yeah. Um, I've always been to give me the whole open world because then I can choose how I like to do things. I like to see what's available yeah. and then I'll choose what I want to do. That's kind of how I work. It's like I work better in a framework but open within that framework, whereas yeah. there's there's something about that linear. Again, that's a masculine thing, that, that linear aspect, having some uh, path to follow, direct, yeah. direct line or direct perspective. 
Um, I mean, I get very triggered in Assassin's Creed as well, but for very different reasons. I mean, I did get triggered in Valhalla trudging through the snow. That yeah. that that gets to me. I, I find that very emotional. So there's something in me somewhere that has this, I was lost in the snow. I, I know this despair of trudging endlessly through snow. Yeah, I've experienced that in my current life. <laughs> yeah, in your environment, <laughs> that, that makes sense, but not here in Australia, certainly not where yeah. I live in Australia, that's for damn sure. I remember so, one year for one of the, uh, when I was with, one of my exes, one of her kids' birthdays, we went out for a long walk and got lost in the snow and ended up like three miles from the house. It was me and like six girls, all the age of like 12. Oh, just wow. Lost in- Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were lucky. But yeah, it, it, and it was strange because even when you get to England, there are parts in the north that turn into the snow too. And to me, there, there's almost this despair. And yeah. part of me originally was just the simply, oh, it's just the, the landscape. It's all white. It's all bleak. Oh. And then when I go and see the green and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff, it's, it's so much better for me. But, no, there was something about that whole trudging through the snow. Yeah. I was going to say, it could also be that, that snow, especially in, like, Norse ideals and whatnot, represents death. Like the yeah. bleak white, it, it is the time of death. And this is an interesting thing. Again, being Australian, we, um, we especially we're just about to approach Maybon, which is the equal days and nights. You know, one of the the mid mid year fest, one of the one of the yearly festivals. And of course, being in Australia, we're the opposite. It's springtime for us. Most, I mean, most cultures when they talk about the death cycle and the death season, will talk about winter. And that's the cold, yep. barren, the snow because the snow kills everything, and you don't see regrowth until springtime. Whereas in Australia, especially where I live in the southern sort of coastal areas, the death season for us is summer. Because it gets so warm. It gets so hot, everything goes brown, everything dies because there's no rain. It's too hot, everything just, just dries out. And so when autumn comes, the rains come back in, come midwinter, everything is green again. And yep. to to us, that is the, the the life cycle. So for us, yeah, winter may be cold and wet and miserable, but it's when everything grows. Yeah, so it, it has that different meanings to us. But then again, if you go to the Australian Indigenous people, they have their own calendar, and I think there's like six seasons. <laughs> Forgive me, I don't know what they are, but it actually makes a lot more sense for our climate. Yeah. Especially in the Northern Hemisphere and the desert areas too. They have their own kind of climate regulations because it works differently there too. Where Minnesota has two seasons. (laughs) Cold and hot. No, no, it's a, it's a common Minnesota, Minnesotan idea that we have two seasons, winter and road construction. (laughs) Yeah. Your winters go for a long time. Yeah. I've noticed that. Many, many months of winter, and then we get a couple months of spring, and then many months of summer, and then a couple months of fall. Yeah. And it, it doesn't help that we define, like, we'll be like, it's spring now, but there's still snow all over the ground because <laughs> just we've decided it's spring and because the equinox and whatnot is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't snow. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, some people do get triggered by the seasons. 
Um, there is actually a form of depression that is brought on by a lack of sunlight. So people who have this form of depression are given um, yellow tinted glasses and that, oh. can actually, that can actually help fight the depression. I mean, another thing obviously is vitamin D. I noticed yeah. for myself too, I can get a little bit vitamin D deficient and that's from a lack of sunshine. Oh, I work inside and I work from home, so I don't even commute. So I don't okay. always get as much sunlight as I, I should. And being a dark-skinned European, I actually don't absorb sunlight particularly well. So yeah. uh, I need to take that vitamin D supplement. And, yeah, it feels like taking liquid sunlight sometimes. It's, it's quite inspiring. <laughs> I so, you know, try, probably try vitamin D since <laughs> I, uh, I am uh, inside yeah. most of the time. You inside know, night shift worker, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it, it, might, it might help. Me and the sun have a very strained, uh, <laughs> a strained relationship. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, my skin doesn't like the sun very much anymore. I'm uh, getting very mottled. As I get older, it's, again, yeah. it's my European skin does not like excessive sunlight. But um, one of the other things that Assassin's Creed triggers terribly in me, though, is my claustrophobia. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't have terrible claustrophobia until I needed an MRI scan when I was especially large. Um, yeah, that, that was after I had that MRI, I... I was full-blown claustrophobic. Um, any scene in a movie where I saw someone in a tight space, I, I would, you know, turn away just like that. That sets me off. Yeah. Um, in Assassin's Creed, I know in Origins and, um, I mean, so, even some of the ones with Ezio where you're going through the tombs, that can trigger me. But um, Bayak in the, the pyramids, it's like, I've always wanted to go to the pyramids. I wanted to go inside the pyramids. Bayak starts squeezing through them. It's like, yeah, I don't think I can do this. No pyramids for me, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too tight to squeeze. Not. Too tight to squeeze for me. And so it's like, yeah, this actually allows me to do that. I can explore the pyramids, which normally would be triggering the hell out of my claustrophobia. It's like, I'm not doing good. But every now and then <laughs> if it starts getting a bit bad, it's like, okay, stop, breathe, arms out, put my arms out. Okay, no, I'm not in a tight enclosed space. There's plenty of fresh air. Okay, okay, okay. It's just being, all right. And I'll go back into it again. Um, yeah. One thing it always triggers me is being diving down under the water, um, underwater through ruins and things like that, trying to find the next pocket of air, that that will often trigger a, a panic rising in me. Yeah, I get well triggered too. by that one too every now and then. It, it's weird because it depends on the game. There's some games where I can do it just fine and then there's some like, especially when they try to do it where you get as close as possible without going over. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, price is right my, mindset. Those are the ones that I do get triggered. Where it's like I, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not. Gonna, oh, good, I made it. Yeah, I, I understand that too. Yeah, and again, we could probably say that there's some aspect in family lineage where someone has been drowned. You know, yeah. there's there's something in soul where there has been drowning. I mean, it was quite common death at, at some point. If you ever were a sailor on a ship at sea, it's quite common. Well, it's common to, for for the Norse, especially yeah. then, because they were, they were big in sea. Let's yeah, see. You, you see, you see the long boats that they ex went from Norway and, um, <laughs> and Denmark to UK. Yeah, that, it was literally, it's like a great big long rowboat canoe. with a sail. 
yeah. a glorified canoe with a sail, and they sailed them things long distances. Yeah, for weeks and weeks in these things, you think, how? Where did how? you put the food? Yeah, <laughs> there's so much that just, it, it is inspiring the yeah. robustness of this our ancestors. Is- this is uh, teaching the world that I need to do more longboat research because I don't know where they kept the food. <laughs> well, it would have just been under, you know, under animal skins at one part of the boat from what yeah. I gather. That would have been the only option. They didn't yeah, have, like, hulls. on there. No, no. Oh, they'd just stop off, raid, grab some, hunt fish. Yeah, I suppose that's probably how they did it. Is they they the big thing with most of the longboats is yeah they they didn't actually go out to sea. It's not like Christopher Columbus and um, no. you know James Cook where they're crossing oceans and oceans. Uh, there are a lot of stories about them landing in the U.S. Oh yeah, Vin- Vinland and stuff like that. Those that got lost out there. So those that uh-huh. got out there, we uh, you wonder how they survived. Uh, there obviously would have been elements of fishing. Yeah, technically, I think they landed in Canada. If I if I did my research correctly on Finland, it's technically mm. in New Finland. Yeah, some, somewhere along those lines, um, they found some. They found some um, some remains, some Viking remains. Yeah. In so they know they got there. Um, yeah. Not every not especially Americans don't know that it was actually the Dutch that got to Australia first. Huh. The Dutch got here first and decided they didn't bloody want it. Yeah, well, that's because 95% of the things that live there want you dead. And uh, And 95% of them can pull it off. And interestingly, a lot of people say, oh, they mustn't have gone down too far. It's like, no, they actually made it down as far as Perth. Because we have an island off off, um, the Perth coast called Rotnest Island. Now, Rotnest was actually the Dutch word for rat's nest. Yep. Because when they got there, they saw these things and thought they were humongous rats, and took the nope train all the way back to all the way back that, home again. And isn't that That's our very favourite quokkas? Yeah, yeah, they're our quokkas. Quokkas are so adorable. If anybody ever is feeling miserable, Google quokka selfie. Q U O double K A selfie. And it will make your day because it makes me they so are, happy knowing they exist. <laughs> they are absolutely adorable. They only live here in Western Australia. Most of them are on an island just off the coast, but there is a little colony in our southwest. They the ones in the southwest me, you don't see, but the ones on the colony yeah. are actually really friendly and will steal your cookies. Yes, they they very much remind me of extremely happy, extremely friendly koalas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Just having know, a good time. They're they're tiny itty bitty kangaroo type creatures. That's oh, that's okay. the best way for anybody to, to for us to explain. They are think of a kangaroo about the size of a cat, but cuter. Has such a cute cute little adorable face, and yeah. they look like they're smiling. And they are very 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 friendly on Rottnest Island because they have no predators. Yeah, there are no predators on Rottnest Island, so they have nothing to fear but people. And people go there because they love them and they're adorable little things. But, yeah. So, yeah, Perth, apparently Rottnest Island was a great big trigger and a nope train for the Dutch to go all the way back, all the way back home again. Well, it makes sense, though, because rats are kind of a big nope train to sailors in general. 
Yeah, and you, you see these things that are the side of cats from a distance. You see them jump just like these are basically hippity hopper from Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good explanation. <laughs> but he wasn't, yeah, a little bit smaller than hippity hopper, but um, yeah. Yeah. I know, like, we're talking about real life triggers. One of my biggest triggers is anytime somebody hurts an innocent thing, like animal, child, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's one of my big triggers. And it, that one kind of seems like a no-duh, but it, I mean, like, I get a visceral reaction to it. Yeah, It's not just the simple, that's wrong and people shouldn't be doing it. It's, I see it and my brain instantly goes to, no, this cannot stand. Yep. And that is actually a really, really good example to use the difference between what is something that you just know is wrong and do not want to be a part of and something that legitimately activates some kind of emotional trigger oh, yeah. or some yeah, kind of psychological trigger. Because, yeah, yeah. Seeing, seeing somebody kick a puppy, all right, most people would hate seeing that. Most yeah. people would say something. Most people would do something. But then there are some people that will experience this visceral rage. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Absolute, absolutely over-the-top reaction to that particular circumstance. Oh, yeah. And when I say kick a puppy, we're not talking about drop-kicking it out the ballpark. We're oh, talking no, I, about, you know, well, pushing it out the way with, with the foot. You know, yeah, you're just sort like, of pushing no, you just... it. Start. And one, one, one person's like, look, don't do that to the poor puppy. And another person is like, how dare you? Uh -huh. rah, rah, and, rah, and I'm definitely rah. in the how dare you camp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the fuck do you think you're doing? Now, there are going to be times when those triggers happen and it's not something you can respond to in the moment. I mean, responding and, and being able to change how you react to a trigger is one of those things that takes work and practice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you, you put five, year, you know, five years ago me in a room with somebody who kicks a puppy and you will have a dead man in a room. Now yeah. I'll just be like, hey, can you please not do that again? Mm. I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do that again. <laughs> no, we'll sit there and explain to all those reasons why it wasn't a good thing to kick the puppy. Yeah. Don't you, you know what they say? And yeah, that's that's the work that we do to to be able to respond to, rather than react to. Yeah, because a reaction we is literally we just react. It's like the fuse explode. Done. Yeah. When you respond, the fuse is lit and you can see it burning, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, this has hit me. How appropriate is it to lose my shit right now? And sometimes it's just like, an, okay, no, this this is not the way to go through. And there, we'll go through some examples and stuff, and because I really want to help people get some ideas as to how to recognize and how to use that for personal yeah. healing and for personal growth. But I think we kind of still need to to go into to you know different types of triggers to get better ideas. I mean, I've asked in a couple of my groups for people to give me examples of things that has triggered them in, in TV and movies and games. Um, someone brought up reality TV 
um, yeah. reality TV shows where, like the SAS, and people are being pushed beyond their physical limits, beyond yeah. their emotional limits, where they are being pushed and you can see that they're going to break. Yeah. And they're, and they're pushing them for ratings. Ratings, you know, money, whatever. Yeah. And that is something that, again, we see something like that and if we have experienced an where someone has pushed us beyond our limits, yeah, where for something we had to do took us beyond what we were physically capable of doing in that moment, it's, it will trigger within us that empathy. Yeah. And, and that is actually a really, really big thing. The truth is, is the more empathetic you are, the more sensitive you are, yeah. the more likely you are to get triggered. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that too is, is I, there are more things that trigger me now, like um, a big example, and I think I've discussed this in a couple things, uh, in a couple episodes now, but this is one of the uh, little behind the scenes peak curtain. We've stopped, we've gone through our entire backlog and are now just recording these as they go, partially because um, I'd like to be able to respond to current events a little faster. And this is one of those examples of like, I have a visceral reaction and I think it's, it's mostly over now, but I had a visceral, very big visceral reaction to the blizzard, the way they were treating their female employees. Yep. And that's something that I, before I would have been like, Hey, you really should treat your female employees better. And now it's like, I will never touch a blizzard product again. I cannot in good conscience support blizzard at any point. Yep. And that's, and that's, the difference between how I used to be and now that I've, I've come a little ways down the path, how um, my trigger manifests now is it's, I, I cannot, because before it had been like, yeah, that sucks. I'm still going to play Diablo. And now it's like, nope, I'm done. Diablo three is over. Even though I've already paid money for it, never going to load it up. Mm -hmm. I hear you. And it is a huge, a huge, huge tool or a huge, huge indicator of that evolution of that personal growth and that personal evolution. And it, it is one of the really sucky. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. It's one of the really yeah. sucky things about awakening. Yeah. Is, it, you, it <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, you end up having to say, well, just, oh, fuck. Yeah. I can't do that now. Yeah. Because, just, because it's, it's now goes against everything that I stand yeah. for. Yeah, because they just released the uh, Diablo 2 remake. And I was like, I was really looking forward to it. Never going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's, it is one of those things that it's also what you were just talking about talks very much about the, the state that kind of the world is in with um, and, and where we kind of need to go to, where yeah. there's been a lot, I mean, let's face it, triggering and everything about triggering is ultimately the fuel that is behind the big PC and cancel culture movements. Yeah. This is a problem. This is a real problem. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shit in this world that still needs to be fixed around racism, around sexism, those sorts of things. But yeah. identifying and healing these things does not mean wiping it out of our viewpoints and out yeah. of our history. Especially because, yeah, there's the phrase, you know, remember your history, you're damned to repeat doomed it. Doomed to repeat it, exactly. And we don't want, 
we do not want to go back the way it was, nor do we want the pendulum to swing to the other extreme either. We need to find this medium. And this is actually a really, really big problem with um, a lot of the older spiritual movements, a lot of the old ways is this um, emotional bypassing. It is bypassing. There has been a lot of movement in the lights, you know, the, the, the love and light movements, spirituality, um, in Christianity, in, in Wiccan, in, in all these things where it says if you do good and you think good and you focus good and you, you be positive, then good things will happen. And if you avoid all the bad things, then nothing bad will happen. Yeah. And it creates more of the same because people then, rather than dealing with these triggers, rather than dealing with and healing these social problems, we avoid them or we pretend they don't exist. And that was where the whole, where once perhaps we would see something and it's like, oh, no, I don't agree with that. Oh, well, well, I've already paid for it. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's that's the ability to still talk yourself out of it because there's this bypassing of the truth. Yeah. But when you really get into those, those higher levels of truth, those higher levels of knowledge, you get to that nut. I can't. And it sucks because like I said, I already bought like I paid for D3 already. I mm. could go play a season. I can't even bring myself to load it up. And I know myself well enough to know that if I went and loaded it up right now, I would load it up, get to the title screen and just go, yeah, not feeling it and log back out. Yeah. Uh, again, if they have a massive overhaul of how they they operate and, and their, you know, their integrity. And sure, if you can, if they change their their moral values to align with yours, of course you can change. Yeah. That's actually kind of the reason why we boycott in the fucking first place. Yep. So when they do meet your expectations or they do meet your requirements, support them again to say, hey, awesome, this was good. Yep. I can now I can now support you again. And yep. that's that's the way because it it will and it does change. It does change how corporate works with the public because let's face it, nobody buys their product and they'll think, oh shit, we need to do something. But yeah, the, the avoidance aspect of it is is huge in yep. in triggering. We cannot simply avoid something because it upsets us. And it's something that I actually had to own because for a very, very long time I kind of avoided the news. Yeah. And, again, I understand that there is a lot of problems with different types of news organisations and, you know, you can't trust these ones and blah, 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 blah. But there is good reputable news operations out there. There is good news to find if you go looking for it. But I kind of went through that whole, oh, I'm I'm in Australia, I'm in Perth, I'm safe, I don't have to worry about it, it doesn't affect me. If I stay away from it, then I won't get upset by it, then it won't worry me, then it won't make me panic and I won't have anxiety and all of these things. But at the end of the day, you you have no clue. Yeah. It, it's like giving away your power. It really yeah. is. For, for me, I find that I, I interact best with news if it's from a comedy source. <laughs> satirical news. I do yeah, enjoy my I, satirical news. We've got some good ones here in Australia too. I can't. 
I can't help it. It's like when I try to watch regular news, I don't absorb any of it. But if you mm-hmm. give it to me in satire, I'm like, yep, sure. I like that. <laughs> so like I get mo- a good chunk of my video gaming news. And my favorite part about this is, is they themselves will be like, don't do what I'm doing. But I get a good chunk of my video gaming news from loading ready run. And Graham just went on a big thing going, uh, you really should do research into your own into the news topics because we're doing a very shallow dive that we think is funny and stupid. And I'm just like, yes, except I don't I, I can't process what other places are doing. Like they yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm also um, you've said and talked a lot and a lot of the my American friends have talked to about how your news agencies aren't always the most ethical. No, and it's it's you know ratings. They are doing everything they yeah. can for money, so they do the most scandalous topics instead of yeah. And, and it's not just that. It's if I've seen it even in the Australian news, where half the news things have turned into infomercials. Yeah. And yes, it's done in this way that is sensationalist. Uh, yeah. It doesn't go down as well here, I think. But we also do have a couple of organisations where we can go to for news without the sensationalists. So we, we do have those outlets. And I also do watch a, a fair bit of over, overseas from different, you know, big, big news groups overseas too to keep a, a varied perspective. Yeah. But in saying that, it's not a, I don't sit there constantly. It's like a, especially when I feel something is off. Like if I wake up and I feel there is something seriously out of kilter with the energetics, I'll have a snoop on the news to see if anything big has gone down. Yeah. Usually I, it has. I just realized something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is way off topic and left field. <laughs> um, I should have said this at the beginning. This is the first episode that should be released where I'm using the new mic. Yes. So yes, uh, the, reason, the reason I'm bringing it up is is – and I'm bringing it up a half an hour into the episode. Go me. Um, yes, my sound quality has changed. You are not hearing things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will hear him a lot better at the moment than me. I do apologize. I actually have a proper mic on order, but yeah. it's going to be a few more weeks before I get that. So you will have to bear with us until then. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully my yeah. audio is not terrible. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it's yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, but compared to you, now I sound shit. Fair. And I do apologize <laughs> for kind of railroading in the middle of this episode, but I just realized I didn't say it at the beginning, and yeah, uh, it, it's something that I, I should probably address. Also, the reason I'm snuffly and everything is I just got done with a five-and-a-half-hour drive, <laughs> so I'm a, l- a little tired. <laughs> yes, you've had a busy weekend. Yeah. Busy, busy bear. I, on a whim, decided to go meet my guild leaders in person. They live uh, a state away. I drove down there today. <laughs> or I drove down there at 2 in the morning today. Uh, I passed out on their floor for a while, and then we hung out, got food, and I drove back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, so. We're all vaccinated. Stop freaking out. <laughs> even, even I'm on my way now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but well, look, didn't like Australia have a hard time getting vaccinations for a while? We did. Uh, basically, yeah, we our Pfizer vaccine and um, the orders got cancelled because Europe kind of said, we need it more. And although yeah. Australia kind of chucked a little bit of a tantrum over it, most of us were going, they kind of do. 
Yeah, we're actually, we are. We're, we're, we're okay. We, we can last. We're Most doing of Australia well because was actually, we're actually fucking taking precautions, unlike the rest <laughs> of you idiots. Uh, except, yeah, there, there was some of us were just like, yeah, no, actually, we, we're happy to wait. We'll let you guys be the guinea pigs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were very, the, the rollout has been slow, which is why the eastern states are having a bit of a hard time with COVID at the moment. And we've got a locked border again, so woo. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I, I apologize That's for right. derailing it. I just, it popped into my head that uh, behind the curtain, we had recorded two episodes and decided they weren't up to our quality standards um, mm. since I've gotten the new mic, uh, partially just because I I have been not fully present for the last two because I've had a lot of really big changes in my life. Um, you and me both. It's been a rough yeah. month for both of us. Yeah, so it, I, it's, it was hard to put anything together and to get the energy. Yeah. I had right. to relocate my office and stuff like that because my 17 year old niece moved in and she needed the space. So, yeah. So it's, we, we've both been dealing with stuff. It's just, it hasn't synced up. Um, yep. so we're yeah, trying to get back into the flow with things now and yep. seeing everybody around me getting so badly triggered. It's just like, no, we need to talk triggers. Yep. And so that very nicely segues us back into what we're actually <laughs> supposed to be talking about instead of my random tangent bullshit. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's go back into, let's, let's talk about, okay. So how do we use a trigger? We know kind of now what a trigger is. It's an emotional reaction to something, which can vary in degree depending on what you're experiencing at that time. Yeah. But how do how do we use this as something to heal ourselves? Well, the first the first trick is catching it. Yeah. Is catching it, and we have talked. I'm not. I think we talked a little bit about being being more aware, about yes. being awake and being aware. So, you know, doing things a little bit different every day so we're not going through the same motions of yes. repeating the same behaviours over and over again. But I we am do so very guilty of routine, getting into a routine and just going. Most people are. If you've got a nine to fiver that, you know, a stand and when I say nine to fiver, I just mean a regular monotony kind of yeah. job where uh, there's not uh, a scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. Same place, doing kind of the same thing in the same kind of environment with little variety, little change yeah. um, within that system. You do end up going into automatic, this automatic yeah. drive. Which and when we're I in... Did, okay. Which I did for a very long time until I switched departments at my job. And now my job actually varies quite a bit every day. Yeah. But there's still that element of the... It's the same kind of... Yes, there are aspects that vary. But yeah. That, it's still... Well, that's yeah. true, I have a lot more problem solving in my day now, and that helps. Yeah, that will definitely do it too. But anything that puts us into that where we are going through a routine that we're not specifically fond of or we're just going through the motions because it needs to be done, we end yeah. up in this, this automatic, this automatic drive or, you know, um, autopilot. Yep. And, of course, if we're in that functioning, then, of course, anything that we get triggered to or anything that comes up, we're not present to pick it up. Now, again, I'm not putting judgment on. This is to say to you, okay, so if that is the case, the moment you become aware of it, because let's face it, hindsight's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Most of us have had those moments where we get home and it's like, why the hell did I do that today? 
Oh yeah, Watch there's a lot of moments. That. There's a lot of moments where I'll react to something like talking to somebody, and then I'll I'll like even halfway through the conversation be like, "Hey, that was unfair of me. I apologize." Yeah, that is great when we can do that. When we can actually own own in that moment, just say, "Yeah, that 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 wasn't cool. I do apologize for that." Um, but a lot of the times too for us, it's this this being able to pick up. Um, pick, pick it or to be able to acknowledge it when it happens. So, yes, if you can't do it in the moment, don't think that picking it up later was, was pointless because at least you found it. At yeah. least you've become aware that there was something there that caused you to react, not respond, but react and react yeah. poorly. Yeah. Usually it's poorly because let's have yeah. a quick talk. I'm, I'm going to go segue slightly. Triggers can also be good things. Emotional yeah. triggers can also be good things. You watch something that triggers a positive memory in you, it can bring up that positive response. You look at a photo of your beloved, that's going to bring up a triggered emotional response. <laughs> um, you know, you, you relive or you, you eat something that you used to adore when you're that that still triggers emotion and it triggers an emotional reaction it's just that that reaction is a positive one and it can go to that positive swing as well so we know that there are things that we can identify it's like yes that made me feel really good because it reminded me of this 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 and this this is kind of what the negative trigger does it's like okay that made me feel shit why yeah why? What? What is the nugget of gold here? Now, when you can get to that point, you can catch it in the moment, and it literally just feels like being slapped. And again, to the degree depends upon how badly you were triggered. Yeah. And you can just simply go, "Oh, isn't that interesting?" Okay, and then acknowledge whatever that feeling is. Validate to yourself in the moment that you are actually safe and respond appropriately. And then you can dive deeper into how to heal that wound and that trigger. The big thing I just really want to stress is that whole do not avoid, okay? Yeah. Some people think that by avoiding these things, it will make it easier. No, it will actually make you more triggered. Oh yeah, the more, makes it the worse. More, yeah, the more you avoid it, the less resilience you develop to it. And literally you are then programming yourself that every time this triggers you, you need to run away. Triggers, look, avoiding them, don't, don't do it. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, avoiding a trigger actually makes that trigger worse. Yes. Yeah, there was, uh, I used to talk about Dr. K a couple times on here. Um, I haven't watched any of his videos recently, but I still think he is phenomenal. He he likes to talk about the the Hindu, and the, I believe it's the Hindu, and the, the Indian, the samskar. Yep. And how it's like a big ball. He, he likes to describe it as like a big ball in your chest that you slowly have to digest away by sitting with it and, and thinking mm -hmm. on it and meditating on it and stuff like that. Yeah. And that is actually the... The, the unfortunate truth of the matter is, is in order to overcome your triggers, you need to be able to sit with how uncomfortable it makes you. Yeah. Which is why the more intense the triggers, when you start leaning into PTSD, I strongly recommend you, you get help. 
yeah. get a professional or a team of professionals that can help you work through this process and support you in whatever way you need to be supported. If they are things that you have healed to a degree or you feel safe and capable to process yourself, you can try. Yeah. By all means, you can try. But if you start feeling those triggers bring up anxiety, depression, any kind of mental health problems, again, this is a sign that you need help. And there's no yeah. shame in that. No Correct. shame in that whatsoever. If you need it, ask for it. Again, be your own hero. Yeah. Sometimes again, we, that way is asking for help. Yeah. And again, we are not mental health professionals by no. any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, neither of us are. We, we, as a spiritual healer, these are things that I see. These are the yeah. things that I'm seeing that raise in, in people, elements that need to be healed. These are to give you the clues and the tools to say, oh, that's where I need to look. This yeah. is not to replace a deep diving, you know, deep personal, spiritual, psychological journey. These are the doorways. And we're yeah. here to provide and to offer doorways. Yeah. You want to go deeper, then you come and, come and work with me personally. But this for this is, is just to show the doorways. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, being able to sit with being... Basically, just sitting with shitty feelings. Yeah, there there it's is so difficult. much. Yeah, it is hard, but there's so much power and so much healing to be found with sitting with with the shit, with the crap, mm -hmm. with with the pain, with the uncomfortable, with the discomfort. Because there's yeah. so much that can be learnt there. Half of our problems come from not giving our feelings room to be felt. Yep. And that's a, another Dr. K thing I love is he's like, you need to recognize the feeling. Mm -hmm. You need to let it come to the table and let its voice be heard, but not let it control you. And slowly over time, you will start to become okay with it. Yeah. And that can, the other way that you can actually visualize that too is, I mean, you can actually use your own visualizations. I mean, this is what meditation, spiritual journeys, things like that come down to, is how and what visualization will work for you. Now, for some people, that, that journey and to talk about what it is that's triggering you and how and why you are getting triggered is to have that conversation with the little self, yep. is to see you as child, and sit there and say, okay, why? What, what are you scared of? Why are you responding and reacting this way? And yeah. a lot of the times it's simply I'm overwhelmed. It's too much. It's, it's you know, nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. It comes from insecurity. It, it comes from, um, oh, God. Uh, you know, it comes from being insecure. It comes from being rejected. It comes from feeling helpless or being smothered. You know, it, it comes from any one of these feelings and our little self is remembering either what happened to us or soul is remembering what has happened in our line, in our blood, in our karma, and yeah. we are responding and reacting to it. Yeah. And, of, and the more aware we are of these, the more we can sit with it and the more we can say, this is actually really interesting. Okay, it hurts. This hurts. 
but it's interesting. Yep. Why has this come up now? That was completely benign. Why? Let's give an example. Say um, someone at work, some rando at work that you don't really know that well, or perhaps even gives you a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. They come up to you and you're reading a book or you're playing a game on your phone or you're doing something like that and they come up to you, what are you doing? What are you reading? What are you playing? What are you watching? Yeah. And you automatically want to hide it. Yeah, or yell at them. That's my yeah. usual reaction. None of, yeah. none of your goddamn business. Go away. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Um, that is a hard question because I've never actually sat and thought about it. Okay. Can you remember a time in your past where you were made fun of because of something oh, you yeah. were watching, reading, yep. doing? Yeah, there's a thousand times because, of course, I was a little nerdy kid growing yeah. up before being a nerdy kid was cool. Yeah, so that makes course, sense. Every single time someone says to you, what are you reading? What are you, you will have this, yep. do I hide it? Do I need to hide this? Yep. And that's that trigger. And if you ultimately can sit with that and have that reaction and then still, oh, I'm reading this, it's the you have gotten to the point where it still triggers but you have reminded yep. yourself that it's actually fine for me to tell this person or you've gotten to the point where I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because it, it is also a sign to say that there is some aspect within self that hasn't been integrated, hasn't been healed, hasn't been, you don't feel safe to be yourself. And yep. so whenever someone challenges some aspect of your personality, it, it brings up that response. Yeah. Um, someone else had brought up the when they watch television or when they watch this particular show um, and they watch people making bad decisions, you know, those bad decisions where you're watching it going, this is going to bite them. Um, I do it. I see it in Assassin's Creed a lot. It's just like I, I, if I had another option, I wouldn't be doing this. There is no way in hell I would be doing this right now. I yep. can see what's going to happen. I can see they're going to get in trouble. I see this bad thing is coming. Give me another choice. And you're watching something on TV. You can see it's going to happen. And yeah, you can actually start I, to bring that, that visceral response. Yeah, that's kind of how I am with horror. Except with horror, it's okay. It, it's not a visceral response as much as I see what's happening. And I'm like, all right, bored now. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a different that's a different kind of kettle of fish but yeah, yeah. this whole where we, we we're getting triggered by watching people do or make mistakes or, or something yep. along those lines or, or tell a lie that you know they're going to get it it's all going to come back at them at some point and those things used to trigger me to some degree too to the point where i, I could even change channels while that scene was going to happen and come yeah. back to it a bit later because it was all just so horrible and ugly to deal with. But when we are triggered like that, we need to stop and say, okay, am I still, or do I still need to forgive myself yep. for some for mistake that I have made in the past that bit me in the ass? For some slight general grievous. And again, it's that whole, yes, it would have been so much easier if I had just done this. It would have been so much better if I just spoken the truth. It would have been so much, but I, in the moment I didn't. Yep. What's so funny? I, I, 
I'm wondering if anybody caught it when I did it, but I didn't say General Grievance. I said General Grievous, the <laughs> Star Wars robot <laughs> villain. <laughs> Just to see if anyone would notice. Fair enough. And then it got uh, me giggling because you didn't <laughs> notice at all. And I do apologize for that. I'm starting to get very tired. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, so when it shows or, or when we get triggered like that by, you know, bad decisions, things like that, we need to stop and say, is there something still in me that, that I need to forgive myself for? Yeah. That where I dropped the ball or I, I made a bad choice that I knew at the time was clearly a bad choice. But yeah. I did it anyway. It, this is the sign that there is still this wound here. There is yeah. still still something there that you do need to forgive yourself for. Because yeah, we all fuck up. Yeah, we, that we one. were <laughs> the making a mistake, like intentionally doing something bad. Blah blah blah. I get that way with my eating habits. I'll be like, this has too much sugar, and I shouldn't eat it. But I really want it, and then I'll eat it and be like, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Not really a trigger, though. That is more just a uh, fuck it. It's kind of a trigger because I'm triggered that I can't have my sweets anymore. And... Yeah. Yeah. That's well, actually, no, that's more a, a, it's because it triggers denial, being denied, uh, yeah. the act of being denied. That is yeah, one so of the big things. In a weird way. <laughs> yeah. True. And yeah, triggers can happen that way too. It can we can yeah. be triggered by something physical. Every time we see something, every time we smell something, it can trigger um, a visceral reaction. I'm oh, does this need to be woven in? Oh, yeah, it kind of does. I once tried to commit suicide with pool yeah. chlorine. Oh, and um, I actually worked in a shop that sold swimming pools and pool chemicals. Yeah. So the smell for the longest time, even now if I'm not especially well or if I'm having a really rough day and I get a strong whiff of chlorine, it can still trigger me to trigger my gag, my gag yeah. reflex. And it, it is because, again, there's also trauma there. And yep. this is something, too, when it is triggered by our past trauma, there is actually something, the, the idea in the spiritual, especially in the shamanic realm, when we go through or experience something that traumatic, we actually leave a piece of our soul in that moment. That's fair. Which, which is why when we think of these moments of pain it is legitimately like living it all over again yeah. it yeah. physically feels as bad as painful as devastating as it did when you experienced it and that's what ptsd is is literally it is soul fragments they left a big chunk of themselves in order to survive that trauma they literally dropped part of themselves and now every time they are triggered by that memory that part of soul calls them back into it and it's literally like reliving it there are meditations workshops shamanic journeying things like that that really do things called soul retrieval which are incredibly yeah. powerful but again the more trauma you carry with you 
the more difficult these kinds of things are. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean you can't fix it. I'm just saying that, yes, you can, but it'll suck. Yeah, and sometimes it has to suck to get better. Yeah. I'm one of those people that will tell you it's worth it. I will absolutely guarantee that if you can see it through and keep pursuing it, it is worth it to to get to that level of healing. But, yeah, you... It sucks. Healing is messy. Healing sucks donkey balls when you're dealing with, you know, soul and and psychology and karma. But that's, this is the awakening. This is the awakened age is to to find and to align and to heal and do all those things that we we need to as a a species for our own protection and our own survival. So, you know, those finding these little elements that, that show us what, what is triggering us can really give us these windows into what is it that I need to heal within myself. There's those old sayings that says, you know, what I hate in others, I tend to hate in myself. So that's another thing. If you are with someone that is constantly triggering you with a behaviour, stop and ask, do I do this too? Yeah. Yeah, you got a, a lot of self-reflection to figure out yeah. I've noticed that myself, like, like I get a visceral reaction when somebody objectifies women. And while generally I don't, there are times I'll look at a girl and be like, wow, she's got a really cute butt or mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, uh, there's objectification is, is a, is a very fine line. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. We, there, we, there is times I, I, can... I, I get up to that line and I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? Yeah admiration i mean we can all admire there's nothing wrong with admiring beauty yeah i mean we 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 are a species that loves art after all art and that ideal of beauty changes and evolves and and flexes so so being able to look at somebody who has those physically attractive appealing aspects and saying yes i can see the beauty in that there is nothing wrong with that first seeing them as only that yeah. Is where the problem yeah. becomes. Is that is yeah. all that they are. I mean, let, let's say they can be all of that and the most amazing human being. They can be all of that and an empty husk. Yeah. It, it, it's, yes, this is just that, that one aspect. This is just that one element of. And it is also something that, especially women of over a certain age too, can be very triggered by a beautiful woman. Yep. By another beautiful woman because... Again, especially women in my age group, we were, a lot of our media, a lot of our movies and books and stories and things like that told us we can't trust them. Yeah. These women, these, these gorgeous, sexy, you know, women that stood in their sexual power and they said, we can't trust them because they will steal our men, they will backstab us, they will sell us out, they will do everything to us, we can't trust them. And so there are some women that automatically will be turned off a powerful woman. As, as a friend or as a colleague or as an ally simply because they are triggered by the fact that she is powerful, that she yeah. stands in her power. Because a lot of us, especially those of us who are a bit older, were taught that that kind of woman is dangerous. Yeah. But also, yeah, let's face it, of, masculines are taught that too, that kind of woman yeah, is Yeah, I was going to say, uh, a lot of men are, are find 
strong women very threatening and intimidating but that i think that comes from more of a place of the man is supposed supposed to be and i use air, heavy air quotes there the strong yeah. one and the this and that and the other and so you find a strong woman and you're like but she is stronger than me and that is not good and it's like she's she's allowed like just let okay. her it, it goes back to again to the to the old programming there's a lot of religious um psychology behind you know the the equalities between masculine and feminine yep. um the inequality has been there for the majority of the time but you go yep. beyond you go even older than we go into those archetypal the tribal where everyone had their place but i mean let's yep. face it we, we still hear those stories about the cavemen the man beats the head woman over the head with a stick and then drags her off by a head. Yeah. You know, is that sort of what, what our anthropology, I mean, that was, it's a very stupid way of, of but that was how it was yeah. portrayed for a while. For that the was caveman. Time. Yeah, that was caveman behavior. That was primal. We, yeah. we know now that from archaeological digs that it was a lot more complex than that, that that was not always the case, that there was a lot of, you know, coupling and, and mating and, and life partnering and all those sorts of things. Yep. But this is again that that showing how our media, how our culture, our pop culture, what we interact with, what we watch, what we play, what we do influences who we are. It influences those aspects of how we choose to react or how we choose to respond yep. to to what is happening what's um, happening in our world. So I mean the best ways for us to to heal a trigger ultimately comes down to challenging it yeah what is it why why are you here you know yeah what challenge the thinking if if it has been triggered by a way of thinking then challenge that is this still true yep is this my truth is this an exposure truth is this a programmed is this something coming from my family yeah is this mine? Does, where does this come from? And again, you do this yep. with curiosity, not a accusatory, I'm yeah. going to destroy it. It's the, okay, where did that come from? Yeah, and that's my biggest problem with working through my triggers is I do come at them accusatory and then I'm like, <laughs> that felt terrible. Why did I do that? <laughs> and yeah, we end up destroying ourselves and that's not good yep. either because these are not things to hate ourselves for because everyone bloody does them. We just exactly. do them to different degrees and in different ways. And if anyone tells you they don't, they are lying. Yeah. If yeah, anyone tells you they never get triggered, they are a sociopath. They're either a socio <laughs> sociopath or lying, to be fair. <laughs> this is true. But if they are it's true, not just like everybody who says they don't have triggers is automatically a sociopath. No. <laughs> oh, quite. <laughs> but yes, if they're, they're either lying, they don't know what a trigger is. Yeah, that's, that's the other another thing. one. It could, it could also have, be that they've avoided all of their triggers forever. Avoided yeah. all of them or just blamed all of them on having a bad temper. Yeah. That yeah. That, that can be another that's thing. It's brother. like, oh, yeah, everything is just like, I'm angry, 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 angry. And it's like, it's probably all these triggers that you've not dealt with or not, yeah. not approached. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely my brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, there will be an element that are sociopaths. They have no emotion. So, of course, yeah. they can't be triggered if they don't have emotions. So that's, yeah. there is that element in there. I knew but, one of them too. 
uh, more common than we think, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it's this is not about the, oh, look at all the bad things that I do. This is more about the what am I doing that I can heal? Yeah. What can I can I heal in myself so it no longer is a problem for me? Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all about just being the best you you can be. Being the happiest you you can yep. be. And you can be a lot happier if everything doesn't bloody trigger. If everything yeah. doesn't activate and, and push you off in, in those those weird ways. There's, I mean, there's so much juiciness. There's so much power and so much magic to be found through these triggers. Um, we had a little bit of a discussion about this and I will open it up as well. If we have enough interest in in yeah. this, we are pre I'm prepared to, to do some work with people, whether they yep. want to be recorded or not. Um, yes, and we have discussed um, if this gets popular, this idea of the trigger episodes and stuff getting popular, mm. we, are, we, we have discussed between the two of us making this like a monthly bonus yeah. episode where we go into like listener triggers or other triggers we have found in ourselves or how we're working mm -hmm. on our triggers because we find and, this topic fascinating yeah and more tools and more um tidbits that we can use to heal these triggers as well so as we find new tools and how to to work through and process them we will share them as well yeah but i'm i'm more than happy to throw some of my little mystic mama woo woo into doing some some triggery episodes where we can yeah. talk to people about things that they don't understand why this is triggering them. Yeah, why like why is this my analytical problem solving bullshit brain at it? <laughs> Which is always good too, because again, we get a, a, a varied perspective and a varied way of looking at things. Yeah, which can be which can be good. Um, I but just ran head first into my mic. Good job. <laughs> But ultimately, this ends up being about, you know, reclaiming your power. Yeah. Because the more these things trigger you, the more they upset you, the more they force reactions from you, rather than allowing you to respond, then the more power they have over you. And as for everything we do, we are about reclaiming power, reclaiming yep. your power for you. Being the best you. and happiest you you can be. Absolutely. And, yeah, don't stress if you get triggered and you react badly. If someone says something and you respond really poorly and you feel like shit for it, never, ever underestimate the power of a heartfelt apology. Yeah. If it is eating you up alive how you talk to somebody or how you upset somebody apologize to them yep just reach out and apologize to them most people now you don't get me wrong it depends on what you did but most people respond well to the i understand yep most people. and i'll get even if you don't it is still better than the sitting there dreading it yeah the, the worst case scenarios, because trust me, the worst case scenario is always worse in your mind yeah. than My it is in real life. Worst case, plays the worst case scenario game. That game's not fun. Yeah, it, it, it's not a happy place, especially if you've been through some traumas in your life, because yep. worst case scenario gets pretty ugly. 
Yeah. So you are so much better off to just rip that bloody Band-Aid off, go up to them and say, look, that was really, really inappropriate of me. I was in a shit place. I was coming from this really wounded moment. You didn't deserve that. That was unfair and I'm really sorry. Yeah. If you do that with real emotion, with real authentic feeling behind that, most Mm. people respond really well. And if they don't, well, then maybe they shouldn't be your friend. I need to stop singing before we get copyright <laughs> striked. But um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's my two cents this week. Yeah, and uh, a part that we cut out. I apologize. I'm flagging on energy and starting to feel real sick. So yeah, this is a good spot to call it. Alrighty, well we will do that and pick it up next time. Yep. With whatever topic we do next, possibly more on this one, possibly a new one. Uh, we will we will eventually go back to the other two archetypes we have left. Yes. Um, yes and we want to do yep, and we want to do some like talking about pop culture icons or gods or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them that have appeared in pop culture and what they mean to us. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things I- we've discussed. The big thing that we wanted, I mean, what we talk about when we talk about the the archetypes as they manifest as old world gods and old world energetics, yep. we, yeah. I mean, we, we want to talk about them like we did with Thor about their evolution, about yes. what they were compared to what they are now. We've got a couple of really juicy ones sitting up our sleeve waiting for the right moments for them to come. Yeah. So yes. It's all about evolution. Yay, evolution. <laughs> like Pokemon, we will all evolve into dinosaur. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me in spirituality, it is all about evolution. I mean, my, my, yeah. my business name is Evolutionary, Evolutionary Palmistry. So it's, it's all about the evolution of the old for the new, to serve the new, because yeah. we can't keep doing the things the same way as we always have because it doesn't always work. It doesn't yeah. apply anymore. It is the new age. It's it's the awakening. And hopefully this time we will awaken properly and not leave our shadows hidden, not leave the repressed repressed. We bring it to the surface. But I think you need to go to bed before you die. Uh Uh-huh. That would be nice. (laughs) So uh, everyone have a lovely day. You take care of So much love and gratitude to you for listening to Gaming with Soul. We are honoured you joined us for this exploration. If you would like to connect to us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Gaming with Soul podcast, or on Twitter, Gaming with Soul 7. Or send us an email, gamingwithsoulpodcast at gmail.com. If you feel called to journey deeper with us, we warmly invite you to join our community group on Facebook, Gaming with Soul community, or our Discord channel, Gaming with Soul. Introduction music was Dark by Blank. This name left intentionally blank imaginative facilities. Until next time, so much love to you.